Welcome to the Voices of Resilience podcast, a podcast series by NAML, a registered social enterprise and non-for-profit organization that helps forcibly displaced people earn a better living through dignified remote employment. We provide training and marketable skills and collaborate with organizations that support training in the digital skills required in today's digital economy. Welcome to episode number four, the Voices of Resilience podcast. I'm your host, Claylo, and today we are going to hear Ziad Char's story. Now, as I mentioned, one of the resounding themes that are underneath a lot of these stories is about the chasing the dream, the very human thing of chasing dreams. And we have the dreams that we want to pursue. Now, what was interesting to me about Ziad's story that he didn't want to just accept what was expected of him. You know, there was a almost a an unwritten rule about how he was expected to live his life, but he wanted something different, and he had the courage then to pursue that dream. And one of the phrases that helped him along the way, and I think a very good philosophy to adapt is this idea that he shares with us about successful failures and being okay with failing and picking yourself up, learning from your failure, and then to continue in pursuit of your dream. So successful failures, really love that that phrase. And lastly, the importance of support, both helping others and letting others help you. So without further ado, let's meet Ziad. Uh, I'm Ziad, and uh, uh, I'm really thankful for this opportunity to join you on this podcast. Awesome. Uh, good to see you. How was your, your sort of day today? A good day today? Uh, a little bit tiring in the hospital, but otherwise, like, <laughs> all was good, like. <laughs> Uh, good, a uh, good tired though, because you're doing good things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast today and sharing your story with us. Uh, I think it's really important uh, to hear from people like yourselves and to maybe um, you know give other people some sense of 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 ideas and things of what they could do or what how the stories might relate and those sort of things so it's great that that uh, you agree to do this so the first question that i have for you is if you think about every story has a as a beginning uh yeah. so what was the story behind your decision to migrate um well it all started with when i was a kid like uh, uh when i was a kid um i was passionate about traveling um, but then reality hit me like uh, there's uh, in Syria uh, uh, there's some some restrictions like you either become a doctor you either become an engineer or a teacher and like that's just it that sums it sums it up uh, and I wanted more <laughs> like uh, easily I wanted more uh, but then uh, the war started and uh, it, it just like was. Uh, getting impossible to to achieve what you really want and that was like when i decided okay uh i've had enough i've learned all what i can uh from there and uh now i want to start a new chapter in my life and that was it and did you decide where you were going to head to so did you i mean you're in germany now was that the decision that you yeah. made um 
as a, as a place well, to sort of migrate to? Well, it was tricky <laughs> because as Syrians, uh, we don't have like a lot of options. We don't have that luxury, the luxury of uh, uh, deciding where to head. But uh, Germany was, uh, to be honest, the easiest option to say it, the easiest. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I had backup plans. I applied for scholarships and I actually got accepted for uh, in, in one of uh, Erasmus programs. But then I decided to travel to Germany because it was also the safest choice uh, in the long term because we always have problems. And this is with all the migrants, not just Syrian. We, we always have problems with documents and uh, residency and uh, the residency permits and so. So I decided like Germany would be like the safest option in the long term and this is why i like uh, chose germany in the end and did you did you speak german beforehand or is this something you've had to pick uh, up no, in the heart? i started to learn german <laughs> um, I, I really like languages uh but like it was really difficult and really extremely difficult to to like master germany german because like it's one of the hardest languages in the world but I started learning it in Syria, and um, then I came here, and I'm trying to to master the language. It, it will take like a long time, but I'm trying. I can imagine. As, I lived in as Germany. As they say, like uh, there's a saying about German. I believe like life is too short to learn German, but you just want to function. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I spent. I lived in Germany for three years actually myself. Oh. Yeah, I picked up a little bit of the of the language, but not a lot. Even after living there for three years. Um, so yeah, <laughs> awesome. And in terms of your, um, you know, the impact of your journey, what has been the biggest impact on you throughout your sort of journey, the job, the course you were taking people, any specific thing that jumps out at you as being the sort of having the biggest impact? Yeah. Well, this question really takes me back. Um, I'll give you like a little background story about myself. Like as a kid, I was always in the on the top of the class, and it was like just spontaneous. It was it, it just happened. Like okay, Ziad is so smart; he's always getting uh, getting good grades. So uh, I started studying medicine, and the first like uh, let's say uh, not an obstacle, but the first uh, hit of reality was like in my fourth year. Um, I applied for, um, I had an idea and we uh, gathered a team and we made something called Bites Lectures. It was just a group of young people who had like ambition <laughs> and wanted to, to present videos in Arabic because uh, there wasn't a lot of scientific content in Arabic. And then we got accepted in the incubator in, in the university and it was really great all all, th uh, all things were going great and then we failed miserably <laughs> <laughs> I I actually called it in the in the last migration summit I called it uh, my most successful failure because I learned that sometimes like having the uh, a, a good team is better than having a good idea mm. and that I needed to learn uh, the hard way. Um, and then came MIT React program, and of course it was like a huge step in my uh, in uh, improving myself, like generally, because it was my first real interaction internationally with people, just not just from other countries nearby, but from different continents, and that really changed a lot about me. And the last thing I, the last thing is people, uh, because I really had like the best friends. Uh, who are always 
pushing me outside of my, uh, not pushing me, like they were, um, uh, we were going outside of our comfort zones mm. together. We were supporting each other. And my girlfriend, of course, love you, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I and, like it. <laughs> uh, that, that's really great. Uh, we, uh, each one of us like needs uh, a network of friends. Uh, I called I called it uh, I call it a safety network because like they support you and they it, it, on each way of the of uh, on each step of the way, and then there's my family who who are like a compass to me. Like whenever I'm making a big decision, they will just like say, okay, hold on, like what you're doing right now. Are are you taking all things in, into consideration? And uh, actually, to be honest, I felt like sometimes they they were holding me back. But uh, then I realized like nothing could, uh, uh, not everything could be done like uh, 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 in a, like a speedy way, like <laughs> like in the uh, like with uh, social media or so. So mm. it was really great to to have that balance in my life. Yeah, and exactly. I believe those were the <laughs> the major uh, milestones in my life. <laughs> Excellent, because you you mentioned um, your girlfriend. Because I was going to ask you, did you migrate by yourself solo, or did you come up with your family, or uh, what was that part of the the journey? It was a little bit complicated. Uh, my my brother, my older brother, was uh, already abroad, and my father lived in Saudi Arabia, and I lived in Damascus, which is the capital city in Syria. So we were already like. Uh, living in <laughs> in uh, different cities, um, and then I had to to decide where to go, and uh, how I'm gonna maintain my relationships with my girlfriend, with my friend, best friends, and with my family. It's not uh, uh, it's not an easy uh, option or an easy choice, uh, but sometimes you have like to give up on uh, some stuff to, to in order to like just continue pushing um but i believe i'm <laughs> i'm trying to make it work but mm. it's hard i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie and say like all things are going great and so okay but, yeah no, but no it's again it's it's um as you say it's kind of as much as social media and and some of the communications things that we have bring us connected there's still that you know if you're in different places to keep that connection as strong as you could do it in you know in real life you know that bond you know reaching across in, in real yeah. life that's so a little different and i loved your phrase most successful failure as well and, and i think you know a lot of the times that's the best way you learn that's your most important lessons come that's true from your successful your big spectacular failures definitely <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, if you had every resource available to you and you could, you know, sort of choose one to help you through your journey, which one would would have been the most helpful to you or which one would you have chosen and why? Well, uh, money, <laughs> I, I believe, like money would, would make everything easier, but we're not talking about this right now. And <laughs> um, I believe to, to sum it in one word, a mentor, like... Uh, uh, I part, uh, I volunteered with paper airplanes, if you are familiar with them, uh, as an academic mentor. And actually, I learned more from the participants, from the people who are uh, the students who are I was uh, helping than I told them. And uh, I learned that having a mentor would um, help with everything, 
Um, it will help you with your decisions. It will help you with deciding which time is right for me. Like, do I really need to travel right now? Because like traveling isn't the easiest option always. Like a lot of people, uh, uh, although uh, uh, in spite of the war, uh, for example, in Syria, they prefer to stay in Syria because they have their families, they have their work, they have their uh, friends. And, uh, and I don't blame them. Like you can't blame uh, anyone for this kind of decision but a mentor would, would tell you like okay now you are just uh, sleeping in your <laughs> comfort zone and you need to do something mm. uh, and of course like it, it will uh, uh, they will help you with the, the logistics parts of cvs and uh, uh, motivation letter for example if you are applying for a work or a scholarship so having a mentor would would like I believe would be the most uh, helpful thing uh, to someone who is thinking about migrating or traveling abroad. Right. And do you have a mentor now? Do you have a mentor? Uh, yeah, I believe my dad is my mentor, like, because uh, um, he's like uh, done a lot of stuff that I, I used to do. Uh, but right now, uh, to be honest, I don't have like that direct mentor in my life no <laughs> sadly all right so anybody listening to the podcast you know if you want to reach out and be a mentor here we yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> and, and i used to be an academic mentor but that uh, that needs power and uh, like it takes a lot of time but mm. uh, when you see the results like when when the students contacts me and they say they say thank you i got accepted in something or or some uh, some scholarship or so it's just like so rewarding so don't just be academic mentors like and go go uh, go up there and like help people yeah absolutely and you can have more than one mentor can't you in this sort of reverse yeah, of mentoring all, all those sorts of things gonna happen yeah absolutely and so what so far in your journey that you've you know you've you've come and how long have you how long have you been now living in journey what how how long is have you been there now I think uh, in the in the end of the months it would be like seven months. So seven months you've been yeah now in this this sort of space. So you're pre relatively new in your journey still. Yeah. <laughs> still <laughs> okay. That's right. No, awesome. Very, very new. Okay. So, so thinking about that, thinking everything that you've done in the, over the last seven months, what would you say is the thing that you're most proudest of so far, and why? Would I believe it would sound a little bit cliche, but <laughs> I'm so proud that I didn't give up on myself. Like until now, like I'm 60, uh, uh, 26 years old. Sorry, the, the German language got in there. Uh, and I still believe that, okay, I have dreams. Maybe they, they are going to, talk, uh, to take a little bit more than I <laughs> planned, like when I was 10 years old. But I have dreams and I'm keeping up with them. and. Uh, uh, that's that's all I believe because uh, to be honest I haven't uh, had the best business life to say <laughs> like my first entrepreneurship opportunity or project was a big a big failure but uh, I believe that like just keeping up uh, keep hoping for the the best and working for it not, not just like hoping mm -hmm would be my proudest moment. <laughs> and what's helped you with that? What's helped you be that resilient to keep going at it, to keep pursuing your dream? To, to be honest, it wasn't like something huge. Like it wasn't something that, okay, whoa, uh, now like I'm, I'm alive again or something like that. But as I mentioned, like I, I found support 
in each aspect of my life, in my daily life, uh, maybe in doing the laundry, to be honest, or like just traveling to 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 the hospital to to work. It, it was really great, um, and uh, I believe that um, in spite of the war in Syria, people are becoming more compassionate to each other because they understand what the other people are going through. Mm. Uh, they understand, like it's. <laughs> Uh, collective struggling uh, and uh, in in a way in a, a wonderful way it like just made people closer to each other and and that's like that one kind word or, or one uh, kind deed that uh, helped me along the way yeah like, awesome. I can't say like it was like yeah <laughs> something like wonderful so yeah cool and if you were um you know, as people are listening to this podcast and you wanted people to know, what what would you want people to know about refugees, migrants, or displaced people? What do you wish that more people would know about yeah, that population? That's a, a very important question because I believe we we don't want to, we don't want your pity. Like everyone, uh, when they hear the word migrants or refugees, they, they say, oh, poor people or something like that. Uh, no, like refugees, some of them are uh, some of the most brilliant people I, I really know. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I believe like sometimes uh, people like prefer to uh, to uh, to reserve to the essentials, like they are caring, for, they want food, they want uh, water, but that's understandable. But when you look, take a look like a little bit further, you can see that, okay, these people are really great. Uh, they have dreams. They they they're just like normal, but they have uh, they want the chance to to prove it, and uh, that's the one thing I want all people to know. Like, yeah, and I think that's important because I I think a lot of the times we only have the media perception of refugees, you know, and, and they and and they go for the maximum sensationalization of it, and you know, build these. The pictures that's what people have in their mind when you think you know sort of refugees and i'm glad you said that um because i know working with them all in this program and doing some of the uh mentorship piece it's opened my eyes and my mind to uh refugees and displaced people and um and yeah it's a totally different picture than what gets maybe you know painted in the papers or on tv yeah. or, or what have you so t- totally different thing at least in my experience in, in in working with you guys so in my experience also because like that's what brings people uh, views for, uh, for the social media or for the news agencies like the the heart touching stories uh, but they they don't want to talk like about the daily struggle of the migrants or uh, they they want to uh, to either talk about like uh, a a big problem or they want to talk about uh, to talk about like uh, uh one one story of success like okay but we 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 didn't understand what was behind this success like these people struggled for like 10 years some of them to be successful in order to be successful mm. and this backstory like what we are doing right now is like really crucial for that yeah awesome so following on from that how can we work towards changing the narrative or breaking the stereotypes of of so the migrants, refugees, or displaced people. Well, I believe stuff like migration summits, like interacting with refugees, 
uh, with migrants. It's the only way, in my in my opinion, to to break this pattern. Like, okay, we we would get to to know these people, like to to know them for real, to work with them, to volunteer with them. And of course, I'm not asking people to like <laughs> go to the streets and like find the refugees or something like that. But when when you you happen to to pass by uh, in your life to pass by someone like that, just take some of your time. Ask them like, okay, uh, right now I want you to tell me a little bit about your country. Um, what are you doing right now? Uh, are you happy or something like that? Mm. Those simple questions will open. Uh, like the chance to, for us to to get to know each other, and that's what all of what it takes. Uh, of course, there are bigger steps such as workshops and scholarships, but, but I believe this is the, the responsibility of um, uh, bigger organizations or even governments. And that I, I can't I can't talk about mm. <laughs> a, lot, a lot. So I think it's really important um, because I've no I've I've taken the time out to. Um, interact with people and so it's like as I was saying about the sort of media you only have that big picture aspect yeah. but for me and as you've just mentioned which I think is really important to emphasize again you know asking someone who's lived it that's on the ground that's in from the country so it's a good understanding more about what your story is from you as someone that's been there has made that journey but you know what it's like on the ground you've lived there you've you know that's been your life you know your country you know what's what's important to the people there what are people trying to achieve you know you have a a sense of that and i think having that kind of conversation um is much better than relying on the things that you might read in the media or see on um, tv i was just recently um uh talking with a guy that's from somalia and i learned so much about you know what what is the motivation of the people there than I'd ever learned before. And it's, you know, it's from someone that's, you know, from the grassroots, as they would say. So I think that's a really important point that you make there. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So what's, what's, um, what's next for you? You, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you're 26 and you got some goals. What are some of those goals that you're after? What is it? What's, what's next for you? Uh, well, I'm planning to to stay with Migration Summits uh, as an organization committee. I'm right now volunteering with the the communication committee uh, because I really love it. It's uh, suitable for me in this time, like uh, being online and stuff. Uh, I'm also working on my language to get recognition because we can't work like uh, uh, instantly in Germany. We need uh, recognition from the state we are staying in, and. Uh, Hopefully, I will. I'll just start to, uh, to work on my dreams of having my own company on something like that. Nice. <laughs> but that's like <laughs> that in the near future, but but not right now. <laughs> awesome. All right. Any final thoughts or anything that you would want people to know? Yeah. Well, actually, I just want to say one one sentence because I I read it the other day and it really stuck with me. Um, it says something like that. It goes something like that. Uh, enthusiasm is uh, found uh, everywhere, but persistence is rare. And this could like uh, uh, sums the whole journey of my of myself and of a lot of migrants. Like I would get instantly excited about a lot of ideas, like each and every day. Like if I saw a video, oh, 
it's great. We should do something like that. We should do this and that. But after 10 days, like it's all gone. Mm. And that's what happened with me in, in my first project. Uh, because we were so excited, like it lasted, okay, three or four months, but then, okay, and now what, what, what should we do? And this persistence, it doesn't uh, have to be like this uh, exaggerating excitement for something, but just have uh, the goal you want in your mind and just work for it like a little, a little bit by bit. Like it, it would take years sometimes, but you will get there. Yeah, awesome. And if people wanted to reach out and connect with you online, where might they do that at? What's the best place? They can find they can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. On they can find me in all social media <laughs> and uh, via email. Like uh, okay, uh, awesome. So we'll find you on LinkedIn. We can find you on yeah, exactly on social media. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, look forward to the, the summit myself as well to see how that goes. Are you playing a part in it this year as well, did you say? Yeah, in the communication communication committee, yes. Right. And what does the communication committee do? What do you do? In, um, we're working on uh, the content of the uh, promoting posts, uh, for example, or the emails that would be sent to the people who are submitting their workshops or who are submitting to attend the the. Uh, organize um, the migration committee. Uh, we also work like on uh, contacting the uh, the uh, organizing committee and the what the founding people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, people who uh, who are gonna fund the migration summit. Okay, awesome. So, All right, buddy. Well, it's been fantastic uh, to speak with you, and I'm glad we had an opportunity to you know, explore your story a little bit more. <laughs> so thank, no, you. thank you for yeah. this opportunity. Like uh, what you're doing is great. And I hope that like uh, all the people would be motivated to share their stories because like uh, this could be moving for a lot of people who are like about this close to, to, to lose their hope of achieving something. Mm. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Thanks a lot. Before ending our episode, we want to invite you to participate in the events organised as part of the Migration Summit 2023, which will happen throughout the month of April. The summit, organised along with the MIT Refugee Action Hub and Quran Foundation, will explore the theme co-creating pathways to learning, livelihood and dignity through virtual and in-person events hosted by participating individuals and partners around the world. Make sure you check the Migration Summit website at migrationsummit.org to learn all you need to know about the events, sub-themes, or different summit editions, and subscribe to get updates.